Hello and welcome to The Talent Blueprint, your guide to building a company where talent comes first. The Talent Blueprint is brought to you by Beamery, the talent lifecycle management platform that helps organizations hire candidates faster, develop the skills of their workforce, and increase employee retention. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's installment of the Talent Blueprint. I'm your host, Sultan Saidov, and today we have a very special guest, the incredible Guillermo Miranda, who is a digital adoption and AI transformation leader and expert and advisor in the HR space that I am very grateful to have known over the last few years. Guillermo, thanks so much for joining us today. Super excited to have you here. Absolutely. A pleasure to be part of the podcast. Thank you, Sultan. Let's kick off with a bit of a career story and a background from you. You've had quite an adventure in this industry. Would love for you to share how you've enjoyed your career and journey so far. Absolutely. So let's start with a confession. I happen to be a lawyer and I've been redeeming myself for the last 20 plus years of being a lawyer. I started my professional life as a commercial lawyer and then I moved more into the talent management, people acceleration skills. I did an MBA in Spain, in Deusto University. And then I have a relatively long career first with IBM. With IBM, I operated in Latin America, North America, Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia. So we move around a lot. And then I have a brief three-year stint at the World Bank. I was a CHRO of the Latin American division. And then I came back to IBM for another 10 years. Then I moved to Boeing as the chief learning officer and the senior vice president of leadership development. Um, fantastic, amazing industry, aerospace. And since last summer, we moved to Madrid, to Spain, and I became a portfolio life person. So I do advisory. I am a limited partner in some tech funds. And I am a member of the board of a couple of farm tech, the largest berry exporter in the world from Latin America. As part of the advisory world, I happen to work with a coaching platform, skills platform, workforce development. So I am very lucky to have choice on the areas that I believe will change the market for the future. And I am an amateur chat GPT user and programmer. And now with all the new things that they announced, I did my first ChatGPT user journey. And I am really excited with what is coming and what kind of environment, what kind of marketplace my kids will join in a few years. I am not surprised to hear that you've already been experimenting with GPT. And I imagine you have your own Guillermo expert co-pilot coming soon. But the portfolio that you've been built and obviously the advisory work you've done in the skills space, the development space is part of a bigger picture of things that you believe are happening in the talent landscape and areas you want to make an impact and care about. What is the big picture of what you're seeing in the space and why you are spending time with the kind of companies that you're spending time with? I think that there are three things that are happening very clearly in the marketplace. First, there is a lot of disruption and noise because of the fluidity of the reality in the market in terms of geopolitics, 
in terms of availability of investment and fund and in terms of the latest on technology that is changing the business models. So speed is happening and many things are happening at the same time in, in many fronts. So if you are in the marketplace today, you can be distracted by the noise. But if you are able to read through the noise, the trend that you see is technology is changing the way that we do businesses and technology is changing the way that we set up organizations and technology is changing the way that humans work and collaborate. And behind all of those trends, you have something that is called skills, which is what we bring into the marketplace. So the importance of what you bring to the marketplace is being highlighted. And companies are scrambling and trying to experiment, okay, how do I extract from all this noise the things that are going to take me into the future? And those things are the abilities of your own people and not necessarily just the technical side, but also the soft skills that uh, used to be called the interpersonal skills. Those are the things that are going to make the difference. So many things moving very fast. Technology is a constant in those things. And the human side of the equation is more and more important. We have spent billions of dollars on digital transformation initiatives that are not necessarily coming to an end without considering the human side of the equation. And the human side of the equation translate is, what can I bring to the table? And that's the co-name to skills. I love the way you've framed the critical factors for us adapting to this change and the fact that there are foundational elements like skills that give us the ingredients to adapt. You know, we talk about is an AI a threat or something that is assistive? It's both, but the question of whether it will be a threat or an assistant to you will depend on how you develop your own skills and how you're able to augment the work that you do through those tools. But at the level of how we adapt, either as people or as organizations, that creates a new urgency for concepts like agility, adaptability. How do you prepare yourself for change? And how do you create in yourself and in your teams the readiness and the resilience to be able to navigate that? And I know you think a lot around what agility means in the HR space, and you've had plenty of experience of this in organizations like Boeing and other work that you've done, but today it's a very different landscape. So what do you see as the key elements today in how organizations should think about being agile and how we should, as individuals, think about it? Well, I think that first we need to let go some of our old habits of being focused on processes and being focused on flows of work. I think that we need to understand that agility means real-time collaboration on the things that matter. So the way that organizations are working, and this is not only on the knowledge worker side, but frontline workers, etc., are working differently. Because now what is important is not exactly the sequence of things, but how you are able to get to the result in a much shorter way, having a different point of view from a different way of collaboration uh, with the group. So agility precisely means this ability 
to mix the ingredients one time and again. And one thing that is very clear for me is the paradigm of learn and learn and relearn is extremely important. So you need to understand how to learn. But at the same time, and this is the most important thing, you need to understand how to unlearn, and not just as an individual, but as organizationally, okay? And then relearn what comes next. Because in this world of very fluid change, if you have that agility of learn, unlearn, relearn one time and again, that is your advantage as an individual. That's your advantage as an organization. And it sounds very nice and can be very poetic. But in reality, what it means is that we need to let go a lot of traditional muscles of driving things by processes, driving things on a sequential way, and rescue the human element behind that has this intuition, this curiosity, and this ability to get the right answer in a shortcut instead of following the entire instruction list of how to get things done. That's agility. Learn and learn, relearn iteratively. The example you're giving of learning and unlearning reminds me of a book by Joshua Foa called Moonwalking with Einstein, where he was a journalist and he followed the world's memory champions. And he talked about the people competing to remember the number pi to the longest number of digits, having to wipe their memory palaces to learn the next thing because they create this mental map in order to build this picture. And there's actually a guy who is about to get the world record and then somebody else pipped him to the record and he had to spend a year unlearning the memory palace he'd built in order to prepare himself for other things to learn. And it's a really interesting question, anecdotes aside, as an organization, what does preparing for change look like? What do you clean and unlearn in order to create resilience and agility and prepare for transformation. It's easy to talk about things like skills and agility, but in practice, as you say, they are ingredients and they are mindsets that we have to take in order to think about channeling potential. You know, just as it's very difficult to say, what skills do I have? But it's easier to respond to someone saying, hey, you just made a great presentation. I think you're good at presentations. How do you channel that mindset of learning what is working and adapting and I love the definition you've made of agility, but when it comes to applying it for change, what does it take to actually do that at an organizational level? You need to have the right tooling. You have the mindset. So one thing that changed my life as an executive was a simple workshop about design thinking. This is early 2015, New York, and I was joining and creating the new unit for IBM, the Digital Business Group, when we put Watson, the artificial, in the very early artificial intelligence, the digital sales, digital marketing. And we agree as an executive team to have this deep dive on design thinking, on user centricity, on understanding empathy maps, on understanding all of these little things that make a difference on how you think about getting things done. So, I think that that's the level of granularity that you need. What is the tooling? And these days, it's not just this mental tooling of user centricity and started with the empathy maps, etc. It's about how technology can help you to do that. 
what is the stack of tools that you have at your disposal as a company in order to highlight the key things that are going to bring you into the future. There is one big discovery that the HR community is starting to do is that we have lived for many years in the universe of relational databases. And the relational databases are structured in a way that require fixed mindset because one thing relates to the other and you cannot change the order, right? Now, when you have graph databases, instantly the game changes because now you can relay things that are apparently unrelated and they are not capturing boxes. They are not prisoner of the boxes of the relational databases. If you have tools that can help you to move from the universe of relational databases into the world of graph databases and correlations and insights, this is the kind of thing that you need as an organization in order to take you to the future. Understand being grounded on this uh, understanding of user centricity and the way that you do things and having the right technology to bring you into the future, letting go the old technology. The graph database point you made, and you've articulated it very well, is interesting in some ways because it's new in HR and it's making a big difference. It's allowing us to understand context, but it's been around in the consumer world for at least a couple of years beforehand. It's what's helped power a lot of the applications we've used, like Facebook's and Netflix and the kind of context that they generate to drive personalization. And now it's the engine behind understanding skills and context and job titles. But the elements you make around how that gets applied in practice in user centricity and how we think about what does this mean in the level of human impact is obviously not new. We just have different tools. And in the previous now long ago world of relational databases that you refer to, you've managed to obviously see a lot of change in the 20 years that you've been a recovering lawyer and HR practitioner. What have been some of the biggest wins that you've seen in that career? And what have been some of the things that are perhaps familiar parallels, even if the technology and tools were different, that you see as learnings that you've had that are applicable in this new landscape? The biggest learnings and the biggest wins that I've been able to drive on this corporate initial corporate career has been related with bringing perspectives that are not the traditional perspective on the talent management, on the people operational side. So first thing is financial data. The traditional HR executive not necessarily was or is extremely knowledgeable about financial data, understand how the money flows and what are the drivers of money. So that was my very first discovery in my corporate career. If I am able to track the money and relate that with the investments and relate that with people, I will be helping the business to do breakthroughs. The second thing was bringing things from the consumer world, from the digital world. And in HR, we are very much working in a sequential process compliance mentality. When I started to work with digital and the digital business group at IBM, I started to get insights on how the consumer centricity can change the game. 
and how you can put the user first before compliance and administration. And now this sounds like very natural, but eight years ago, oh no, this is the process. This is the framework of compliance. Don't do anything different. In the learning world, for instance, we design things by a curriculum, not by the user that is going to learn something on a practical way. This is the curriculum. So the breakthroughs that I was able to enjoy were related with bringing things from a parallel universe and changing the dynamic of how you do things. And that's something that now in my new advisory world, I am trying to do as well, because on the platform world, on the digital world, we tend to think technology first instead of the human element. And when you insert the human element and put adoption at the center of how you deploy things, then you start thinking differently. So that's probably this ability to bring things from a different universe and make it work in a different context gets you to breakthroughs. Your point around thinking of the customer centricity when it comes to people and HR is one of the first things that actually led us to starting Beamery now 10 years ago. We actually started with the question, what would it take for companies to treat their talent like customers? Turns out more than technology. <laughs> Obviously, technology helps, but it's a deeper mindset. And perhaps with all the change that's happening in tech, one thing that will maybe never change is the need for change management. And I think the challenge with most of the things that touch employees and candidate experiences is that it's hard to transition a process-centric and heavy toolkit towards being human-centric. And in many ways, you know, the tools that we've had over the last couple of years with growing sophistication in technology, in vector databases, graph databases, and so forth, has created a new set of setbacks and challenges because these technologies might be sophisticated, but they're disconnected. They're not necessarily allowing us to be human-centric. What have been some of the biggest setbacks you've had and potential failures you've had in navigating change that you also think might be good lessons to draw into the brave and bold future that we now face? Well, I think that missing the human factor is very important. In some cases, I was always bringing what is the latest thing that can help us to do things better without considering the fear and the concern of my own people that were exposed into something that was completely foreign, that was creating a mental barrier of, oh, this is something that I don't know. I am not sure that I want to step into the unknown. So fear is very important. And let me tell you something, an anecdote. I have a very good friend that spends summers in Italy with the family. And the summers were always an occasion for grandma to get the family together. And the big thing about grandma was coffee. Coffee in the morning was the thing that brought together the family and you enjoy the summer and you start your day with a fantastic coffee made with a traditional Italian coffee maker, okay? And then last summer, the father of my friend brought a big automated hyper-end espresso machine into the summer house. And then grandma immediately retreat into a corner and say, that's my job. I am the one that makes the coffee in the mornings. So this machine is taking my job. 
So my friend, a fantastic and smart lady said, look, grandma, let me tell you how to use this to your benefit. Because there are many things that this machine can do. The latest cappuccinos. You have to become more of a barista than a coffee maker. So she learned how to use the machine. And she regained this place of the center of the family in the mornings to create an amazing coffee experience for the family. Now, what is happening is that she becomes the barista of the town. Now all the ladies are coming to visit her and say, can you make me a very nice mocha cappuccino? Can you make me a double ristretto? And she now interfaces with the coffee machine like an extension of her. Now she has superpowers because she's extremely popular in the town. And it's not just the summer. She's the barista of the town all around. So that is the element that we need to do. We need to be sure that people does not have this barrier of fear when new technology arrives. You need to embrace it and you need to take it to your advantage. So we need to become the grandma baristas of the world. When life is a grind, learn how to use the grinder. I love this story. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Your passion, your energy, your advice, and your experience in this space is so wonderful to see being channeled into the tools that we now have so proactively. And I'm so glad that you are advising such a broad set of companies and sharing your experience. And thank you for sharing it with us today. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Fantastic, Sultan. Looking forward for more breakthroughs with the human at the center of this technology revolution that we are driving today. Thank you for the invitation. The Talent Blueprint is brought to you by Beamery, the talent lifecycle management platform that helps organizations attract, retain, redeploy, and develop the skills they need. Learn more at Beamery.com.